0: Hey guys, this is Nikki Jackson. And this is Cody Tucker. We are Nikki and Cody and you're listening to The Local Earshot.
1: Hello everybody. Welcome to The Local Earshot podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brad Biggs. Is the headphones a little loud? You had a reaction there. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I blow out the speakers. <laughs> uh, we have Nick- Nikki Jackson in the house with us today, and a guitar player, uh, sp- a spouse, boyfriend, boyfriend, or significant other, okay, slash
0: guitar man. All
1: right. What, uh, what's your name, man? Guitar. Cody Tucker. Cody Tucker. All right. On the six strings, Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media is in here with us today. I'm your host Brad Biggs. I think I already said that, so we'll just get right into it. Nikki Jackson, hey, how you doing?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you?
1: <laughs> Sorry we have you getting up and around this Friday morning, uh, but that's one thing. Uh, if if uh, the show takes off, that is one thing. I'm going to start uh, making it a point to be on the bands' schedules, which is usually Friday and Saturday evenings. Yeah, we're not typically, not morning, typically people. morning people. <laughs> You know, it is what it is for now until we can move on. But that's the plan, I guess. So, uh, where, where are you from originally? How long you been around doing this thing? Man?
0: I am from Oklahoma City. Uh, I've been playing music my whole life. I've been doing it full time since September twenty
1: nineteen. So, kind of, kind of new to the game here. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You got into the game, I guess, right before COVID uh, became a thing. Um, so were you booking gigs before it was?
0: Yeah, I was really just starting to get uh, my schedule kind of full to where I was playing every weekend. And I was starting to finally get some momentum. And right about that time, everything shut down. So,
1: so what are some of the main changes you saw? Uh, one thing I've, I've noticed is like every house kind of has their own little different rules Mm -hmm. but has it affected you as far as doing the acoustic thing seems like um
0: it was actually like i hate to say it but 2020 was not a bad year to be an acoustic artist i
1: I, i'm glad you said it out loud because 2020 was one of the best years of my life Uh, in the backdrop of everything going on it was pretty awesome
0: yeah i mean there are so (laughs) many venues that i mean with all the restrictions didn't want to spend money on a full band or and so many bands on hiatus because of the the shutdown and everything that it was it was not a, a bad time to play acoustic <laughs> well yeah
1: and if, if it's just you know you and a, a handful of people or you just you in, mm-hmm. in you know acoustic artists um with a band especially a plug electric you got crews you have a there's a team that goes into this one person gets sick shows over yeah you know so that's that's actually a good point as far as how it all comes together so um do you play covers, or are you guys doing all original? What? How? How? How did you get into this whole thing?
0: So, uh, I play uh, a lot of solo shows, and with that stuff, I do try and focus more on my original music. Uh, Cody and I are actually in an acoustic duo together too, which is a completely separate thing, and with that, uh, we're more of like a cover band. So,
1: okay. Um, mostly here within the city, uh, where, where are you guys? Yeah.
0: So we play, um, in Oklahoma city, we play all over the state really, um, in parts of Texas. I'll actually be in Fort Smith, Arkansas tomorrow. So, oh, wow.
1: Yeah. This episode won't actually drop until after that. Damn. So
0: (laughs) kind of all over the place. Okay.
1: Well, um, so Okay, you say you got started on the scene in 2019, but what, where was the motivation to get into this uh, this songwriting acoustic thing? I mean, have you always been a musician?
0: I've always been a songwriter. So okay. I started writing songs when I was nine years old. Oh, Jesus. Yeah.
1: Megan said she wrote one. Megan Marlene, shout out to her. She says she wrote one when she was a little kid, too. I'm like... I'm 36, and like the
2: words still don't find me.
1: Well, I
0: wrote,
2: and <laughs> Elizabeth Turner said the same yes, thing. Yes, yeah,
1: she wrote one about
2: her little pony, little or pony, something. and like, she sang what? it. And so there's a there's a audio of her doing it on the, on <laughs> the uh, awesome. episode.
1: So what was the what was the drive? What made it go off in your head there?
0: Well, I loved music. Um, I was really involved in like choir and stuff at school. Um, and my first song actually was, it's, a sad, it's a sad story, but I wrote it when my great grandmother died. Hmm. Um, we had a piano at our house that I kind of taught myself to play a little bit. I knew like maybe three chords on it and, uh, my great grandmother passed away and I just remember feeling really, really sad and just going and sitting down in front of the piano and writing a song about it. And that was kind of, that was it. It was all downhill from there. I just never, <laughs> never stopped. <laughs> so
1: well, that's awesome, man. Uh, did you learn like the music theory, the, the basics of, of uh, music through like school band or yeah i had a really
0: cool uh music teacher when i was in second grade he actually like took the time to teach us how to read music and all that good stuff uh i think stuff that a lot of times kind of gets skipped over when people are dealing with elementary age kids yeah um but he really went above and beyond and taught us as much as he could and from there i just kind of took it home and kept figuring it out for myself
1: yeah what was the first thing you were learning on? Was it a piano?
0: I think the first thing I like actually learned to play music on was like one of those little. It's not like a xylophone, but like a little keyboard. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about with the. Melody. I think it is a xylophone. Is it a xylophone? It? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Looked like a xylophone. Well, okay, but so I was like seven. So a it's, piano, it's been essentially, a while. <laughs> it's it's
1: the scale like yeah. laid out in front of you. I started on the saxophone and and. Uh, I just uh, I just never. I understood music theory and how that works. But once my, my teacher showed me like the circle of fifths for like pentatonics Mm -hmm. and then I saw like guitar players, I'm like looking over at saxophone. Like there's, there's a saxophone player in in Bruce Springsteen's band and, but there's a guitar player in like every band. So I think (laughs) if I want to do this, I probably ought to change it up a little bit. So, um, that's always interesting to hear where people learned their first notes because it usually translates directly into where they go beyond that. Yeah. Um, I mean, not always, I guess. I mean, uh, most people learned it through school, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> was the um, acoustic uh, stylings kind of what called to you or did you ever want to just crank it up, distort it, and go crazy too? Or
0: My music... Taste has been so all over the place since I started. Um, I actually grew up singing a lot of like Christian pop and stuff like that. Uh, church was a big part of music uh, when I was younger. Yeah. yeah,
1: the buckle of the Bible <laughs> bell, baby. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, I grew up singing a lot of like Christian pop. Um, and then I started taking voice lessons when I was like probably 10 or 11. And that kind of opened me up to like the whole like Broadway aspect and show tunes and stuff like that. Um, So it's just always been a little bit of everything. I didn't really get into the acoustic thing until I was in my mid-20s. I kind of stopped performing and everything after high school just because I had really bad stage fright, kind of like pushed it aside and just didn't really do anything with it. And then I don't even know what happened. At some point in my mid-20s, I just kind of got that itch. So I was like, I need to get back on stage. Yeah. And I never stopped writing or anything. That was always a part of my life. So it just kind of made sense when I wanted to get on stage to take my guitar to an open mic and play my songs. It was just the most logical way to do that.
1: So uh, it, when you approach, um, songwriting and then bringing it, uh, to the stage versus, uh, I know you said you're working on an album here and there, it's you know, no specific release date or whatever, but yeah. do you, do you, um tend to try and beef it up in the studio and maybe bring more to it or do you like that strip down um let the let the words and lyrics really kind of breathe yeah
0: so for me i when i write songs i write them with the assumption that uh how it sounds me singing and playing with my guitar is needs to be enough i never really like go with the expectation of you know i'm gonna record this and make it something bigger making make it something different Um, I try and write songs that are going to stand on their own. And then once we get to the process of recording, we can add what we need to, Mm -hmm. to make it kind of the best version of what it can be. Awesome, man.
1: So if you were to, I don't know, if I was, uh, people ask me like your Mount Rushmore, your Mm influences this, that or the other. Um, What really kind of drives you as far as if you're looking for the words or the music for that matter, like who do you, who do you kind of, reach to in that
0: I don't know like it's hard to say because like I said it's just my music influences have been so all over the place uh from the time I was a kid so I don't I don't really know like I try to always I try to avoid kind of like falling into a pattern I noticed when I was like a teenager that if I didn't make an effort to kind of diversify my sound and make my songs not all sound exactly the same, that they would kind of start to fall into this pattern of, like, everything sounds pretty similar. And so I try not to look towards, like, specific sounds or specific artists as far as, like, inspiration. I just... I don't know. I just always try and... Take it as it comes. I don't know. Yeah. No. 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 I'm, I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm to, trying to to like <clears throat> articulate it, but it's not there. <laughs> and
1: I'm trying to I'm trying to ask the question to where I can to where I I can get a, get that thought out of you because mm-hmm. it's it's hard to answer because I'm a musician too and it's like when someone asks me like oh, you know who's your inspirations I'm like well god damn I mean
0: everybody all of
1: them <laughs> you know and then so a lot of people they'll put it in they'll say all right you're Mount Rushmore your mm-hmm. top five. I'm yeah. like, okay, I can maybe encapsulate that a little better. Yeah. Or even two. Like my, I usually, my generic answer for when people ask my inspirations is Slash and David Gilmore, mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. Those are my top guys. <clears throat> but if we get nuanced, I mean, Jesus Christ, we could talk all day, you know? Yeah. As far as songwriters, um, do you look more towards um, Nashville or L.A.? I'll just say that i don't even know like don't neither. even know that neither <laughs> <My gosh. laughs>
0: I, Like honestly like right now at this point in my life most of the like inspiration i find from other songwriters honestly comes from our local scene that is probably um, the
1: best goddamn answer you could have given there, there are bands
0: like the ain'ts like mm. derek paul um he's one of my favorites I could listen to his music all day long. Every time I go see them play at the deli, I leave and I'm just like, I need to write music right now. Like,
1: What's uh, Eric Paul? Who's Derek, Derek, Derek Paul? Derek Paul. Okay. Yeah. I might have to check them out then. You
0: definitely check out Derek Paul. Check out The Ain'ts. Um, some of the best music I've heard in Oklahoma.
1: Are they more of an acoustic uh, thing? Or rock Cody,
0: help band? me describe them. I'm bad at this part.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like if... The Kings of Leon got really into watching The Ranch, maybe? I don't know. No, like, <laughs>
0: It's like Kings of Leon it's, meets Red Dirt. <laughs> yeah,
2: like in the best way.
1: It's so really hard to find. You just way. have to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Country fried, yeah. so to it, speak.
2: It's, it's not
0: hmm. country, though. Like, it's he's just, a just a not. Really
2: talented, he's a really good songwriter, and he just got like the best of every musician. Like <laughs> You know what I mean? To like The best like, drummer, guitar player, just goes oh, yeah. and plays on a Monday night. They're an exceptional
0: every band. Night.
1: <sighs> that is one thing that um, it's come up uh, from, uh, I would gamble to say every artist actually recognizes this that we've had on. They say that Oklahoma City is, is really kind of its own animal mm-hmm. versus other big cities, small cities, whatever. Oklahoma City is its own thing because you essentially have a massive city laid out like a small town. Mm -hmm. So you have, whereas like you go to LA, you have so many compacted in one area. If you go, you know, a mile in LA, you're running into all these different sections of whatever town. And he's like, Oklahoma City, you go a mile in Oklahoma City and you're just one more mile up Oklahoma City. So it's (laughs) like, but when you get to these farther out places, you have north side of Oklahoma City has a a scene. Mm -hmm. Down here in Moore Norman, south side has more another scene and the east, west and that But Tulsa, by comparison, if you're putting on a gig on a weeknight, if you want to draw a crowd, Tulsa is where people actually go to hear local live music. Yeah. And Oklahoma City, it's just really hard to drag, drag, get people out of their house. And then on top of that, the backdrop of COVID, people are already, eh, you know. So uh, I don't know how it's going to go. What do you think?
0: I don't know. It's interesting. I think that. Oklahoma City is such an interesting market to play, as an acoustic artist especially. Um, it's not a lot of space for original music, it seems like, at least not right now.
1: Well, with the um, it seems like there's a lot of ownership changing. I know we lost the Blue Note. Uh, what else have we lost? Well, the Blue Note's uh, being remodeled. Yeah, remodeled. But yeah, new, but, but new, currently, new currently new all things. the bands
2: that, that play at the Blue Note are playing at the high-low because the the owner or the guy that bought the blue note is the um, is one of the investor owners of the high low
1: are you seeing that kind of i know you, you play kind of some different venues than what we normally see with like rock bands mm-hmm. so are you seeing that more with that stuff too like it seems like there's just this i don't know how to explain it it's they're trying
2: like, to like i guess
1: the, it's the, the we- same owners they're just kind of gobbling up i, I don't other know venues. it's weird like, it's uh, very there's weird. a lot
2: of um there's a lot of what you'd say like on an investor side there's a lot of um owners that are trying to save the other bars mm-hmm. yeah. and the other bars about to close, yeah. and so they're like okay well we'll buy you and then we'll let you still run it but like they, they're still trying to they're just trying to help each other out because if not then they're all going to go under and um and so um that that's that's kind of what we've been seeing in downtown at a lot of the venues that i hang out at yeah. you know and and so uh but I know, like a lot of your bar venues, it's a little different because they've been some of them have been in business and they just have their family to support, mm-hmm. so they're not really like you know losing that much money um, every month. Like they, they're just not making anything. Yeah, you know, but uh, but yeah, I mean yeah, there's a lot of that going on in Oklahoma City, and then there's a lot of like new places popping up, but they they want to be like sports bars and stuff, yeah. and they want to change everything to a sports bar, and I'm like. Like,
1: that's, that's great, but there's yeah. only so
2: many games on. Oh, we we had a I <laughs> witnessed a, a, a situation one time. I was at the pump. I was at the pump, and and I'm I'm pretty sure they finally caved, but because uh, the pump is uh, there's a lot of um the younger crowd, the college crowd and yeah. stuff. A lot of those people hang out at at those bars and uh, off 23rd, and um, but at the pump there were they they play old movies and stuff on the screens, <laughs> and this guy was like sitting in there, and he goes um he's like he's like hey. You know the game's on, blah blah blah. To the bartender, and the bartender's like, "It's not that kind of bar, man." And he goes, "What do you mean it's not that kind of bar? It's not that hard. <laughs> TV's right there. You just turn it on the game." And we were all like, "It's not a bar to play the game at, man. Like you can go to <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings. You could go to.
0: There's so many you places. Literally
2: every I'm other I'm like, bar. Like, you could literally go to the bunker over there that that started out as a theme bar. You know, because the bunker was owned by the same people and it was a theme bar. It was based on like a bunker of World War II and stuff." And then suddenly they installed a big TV, and the bouncer start that that was running it, or that was running the front, started putting on the game, and then the whole crowd changed, and then they just ruined the whole concept of the bar. You know, so from a a, a business point of view, I get it, but from a consumer,
1: a musician, man, it sure sucks seeing things like that. Uh, whether they, it's not that they go away or change; it's just that the people that come in. It never it, it, it's almost like it becomes unwelcoming to live music. It becomes strictly a sports bar only. And it's like, even when they're in an off-season, they would rather have fucking figure skating on the TV instead of bringing in an artist. And it's like, who the fuck really wants to watch figure skating? Mm-hmm. At least not the people that go to a bar
2: yeah, I mean if you go somewhere like <laughs> – if you go somewhere like Hilo, like they um, they play music um, off a jukebox. So everybody's just playing whatever music they want to play. But whenever there's a band, obviously they cut the jukebox and then they have the band play. But on the TVs, they still have the TVs running and it's not running sound. It's just running – that's the thing is that they run sports, but they don't run the sound of the right, sports. Right, like right. they're not running the sound. And so like it, 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 it's a little different. But – that even that bar, um, the reason why the guy I think purchased the other one is because the property for um, for that uh, location for the Hilo is being is, is saying new development, mm. which means plummet the building and start over. For me, I'm like, you know, it's technically a historical building, but they don't want to give it a historical. Uh, the 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 government here doesn't want to give it historical value because they don't want it there. They want to get rid of it. Money, so money, money, yeah, money, so they won't money. give it, it it's oh, it's due because if they give it, it's due then I would like <laughs> a developer should come in and build the same building, you know, and then and then it would just be the same building just modern. It's
1: right. it's it's interesting to see how everything is kind of how we're going to come out of the wash on this. But um with um some of the venues you play um have you seen that? I mean, like, you, like, like we we're talking about. It's a little different, I guess, with a place like that strictly advertises as live music, and then you have another that's that is they advertise as we're a bar. And I guess when it comes to serving drinks and food and live music, there's actually different laws with those two different kinds of places. So, like, well, what are the differences you've kind of seen in that?
0: Well, it's interesting. I feel like there's so many bars in Oklahoma City or in this area in general that do live music, but most of them aren't really music venues. You know what I mean? Like, they want live music because it's it's a novelty, you know? Um, So, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's a lot of confusion of, like, venues wanting to do everything instead of just, like, picking a thing and doing that, which is fine. Like, can't say I blame them. If I owned a bar, I might be doing the same thing. But it's really annoying sometimes as an artist when like you go in like there's literally bars where people would rather you just stop playing and then play their songs on the jukebox because they'd rather listen to those same 10 songs over and over or play my 10 songs that I want (laughs) to play on the jukebox or you know and like that's fine like I get people like what they like but like you can totally go listen to your 10 favorite songs at home (laughs) and like let me do my job (laughs) because as an artist like i show up and it's like i want to make the customers happy and i want to make the venue happy but i also want to play music that i believe in and play the songs that i've you know put all my spare time into creating and i'd like to think that they don't suck and they have some value because i'm able to do this for a living yeah um it's just like a really weird kind of like there's so many blurred lines so many different types of venues and the rules are different everywhere you go it's it's kind of hard to navigate yeah
1: (laughs) You self-promote, you self-book, all that.
0: I do everything myself. Yeah.
1: Do you ever get the feeling or the sensation that um, because you self-promote and self-book uh, that there's some shady people that try to pull some fast moves on you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's out is, that, there. is that just the business? That's a yeah. thing out there. I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily like the norm or like the majority of people are shady, but there's definitely some shady people and then i think there's also a lot of people that don't like i said there's so many bars here that's like everybody wants live music but not everybody is an actual music venue and not everybody really has an understanding of how the music industry works and what gives an artist value and you know i feel like there's a lot of that so maybe not even so much as people trying to be shady or people like trying to take advantage it's people think well you know this is the expectation I've always had for my bands. I've always expected to be able to book an artist for this amount, and this is what and they should play four hours, and they think that's how it's supposed to be, and so they put those expectations onto new artists that they book. So, as an artist, you kind of have to like. It takes a little practice being like, "No, yeah,
1: you got to push back." <laughs> I'm I'm know. good
0: on that. Thanks. If you don't want to book me, that's fine, but I'll pass.
1: <laughs> well, and it, that's one thing. It I don't know. Maybe it's just as you get older, you learn to. Stay f- yeah, fuck that. I don't know. Uh, where I'm at now, that's basically most of my decisions with most people is, eh, I'm good. Uh, it's weird. I guess <laughs> the older you get, the more you just tend to say, fuck it.
0: Well, you figure out, like, what you want to spend your time and energy on and yeah. what's well, not Well, there's worth it. people out there
1: that you know, I think you're giving of a benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, they're, they're just like that out of ignorance. No, they're not. I mean, no, some of no, them. No, they're them. not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some of them might be a little malicious, but I feel like m- most people aren't intentionally. Can I cuss? Yes. Okay. Yes. I almost did just now, and then I was like, "Oh, can I do that?" I don't. I think most people are not intentionally shitty, but I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, I, and I think that some artists have figured out other methods of of making money. Um, that that some of them comes from like the. The theories that we have in like podcasting and stuff a lot value. of podcasts do is what they Overall call value, value. Mm-hmm. and so like um one of the one of the things i don't know if you've ever heard of the queer punk variety show it's like a weird freaks and Uh-oh. and like they, they do like bat like uh what do you call it um Burlesque and stuff like that, freaks and geeks. But yeah, but like it's weird. They have a magic guy that doesn't know it's how to do time. magic. Like it's it's hilarious. <laughs> it really what, is. Near Bar, it's hilarious. And they they do they do a show at the High Low every every month, and uh, but they they always set up a a tippy. They call this thing called Tippy the mm-hmm. Jar, and they set it down and they say like, hey, like you know, you pay it at the door. But they told you what you were getting into. There's gonna be some weird shit. There's gonna be some gay shit. There's gonna be this, there's gonna be that. Like they just say all that at the beginning, and they're like, So if you don't want to be here, you can go to the door and get your refund. You know, uh, but but they were like, But here's Tippy the Jar if you want to tip, right? Um Adam Curry from MTV pointed out because he does the he does value for value, which is something that I base our podcast off of. And so he's like, Um, if you feel that you got value out of what I'm doing then then give what you think it was worth Mm -hmm. and artists were trying this um out like from the from there and they were like putting out a sign that said value for value give what you think this show is worth and they would put that on a jar instead of tip Mm -hmm. and people were dropping like twenty dollar bills in there like like more money for that artist to grow they'd put their cash app, they'd put their Vitmo on there like that you have to Kind of change the way that you ask for money mm-hmm. and donations or whatever in, in, in that stuff now because everybody's going to pay the $5 at the door. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I'm one of those – I'm guilty of it. Like I'll go to the door and I'll be like, what, 15 bucks? For how many bands? And I'm like, I'm like, hold on, hold on. And I'll, and I'll go on the radio and I'll listen to the bands. I'm like, nope, it just to for $15. To show you that you know? There's and, no escape from that
1: attitude. Yeah. Even though we do this for and we, a living. And we, and we our, listen to
2: local music. Our like, mentality and, is to support local
1: music. But even, even when we walk up to the front, we're like, Get the fuck out of here!
2: Yeah, yeah, like, like I mean, if you if you give me a good artist, one good artist out of those those like five, and they're worth fifteen dollars at the door, I'm gonna pay that fifteen bucks. But but like, and and I'm not even talking about big, small, medium, whatever. If it's a band worth listening to, mm-hmm. then I'll pay the money. But but whenever I whenever I go up there, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, my favorite venues were the ones you walk in, paid five bucks, you got to see a show that night. But mm-hmm. the problem is. If the door money doesn't all go to the artist, then the door money is being split with the bar and the guy. And by the end of it, they're they're getting like a dollar, yeah, like twenty bucks to play a show, and they got three members, and they're going, "Oh shit!" Like I got to pay three people. Yeah. So you just made five bucks for three hours of work, mm-hmm. like you know, and that's what people don't really see. They don't, yeah. they don't understand that side of it. I knew a
1: guy because uh, way back when I was playing a show, I was like, "Isn't that called the back end?" He goes. He says, no, in your position, that's called the pushback. like, oh. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you got that? Yeah, roger that. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the music business, kiddo. Oh, man, it's it's a trip, but I'm glad that with, um, you know, the social media and self-promotion and stuff like that, you, you really do see artists that, it keeps that hope alive of like I was talking about how you can jump in between the top 1% and you can also get shit right back out to the bottom in a matter of one gig. Yeah. And like he saw it at louder than life. He went off to that big festival and there was a a band
2: on the main stage that a year ago they were a a YouTube band, you know, what was the name of them? Uh, spirit box? So like spirit box was a band that like, um, they started, um, toward the like in 2020 and they were and they, they recorded their first album in 2020 and they were doing it at the girl's house like the way that she explains the story and like all the interviews and stuff so i know it's a real story because she overtells it like many times and uh she would get in her in her her uh what do you call it closet all the clothes so it would dampen the noise of the sound mm-hmm. and so she would do all her screams and stuff and because uh, they do metal and they would do all her screams and everything inside the closet and and so she, she got out on that stage and she's like she's like you know a year ago i was staring at a wall screaming into a mic in a closet and she goes but now i'm standing in front of a hundred thousand people playing my music and she's like this is amazing and she goes because if it wasn't for spotify and you all listening to my music and going down and downloading the albums and downloading the songs then i wouldn't be here and there's bands at that event that are playing the smaller stage you know you're you're talking sabaton is playing a disruptor stage it was like like literally the smaller stage and yet that band's like a known band you know and then you have this band that just blew up like crazy, everybody loves that band, and yeah. so like they're they're hitting those levels, and so they're they're growing quick. And but but it's good to see it. I mean, I like that's something that I've always kind of dangles that carrot, you know? Yeah, I mean that's why I like local music. That's why I've always been involved with local music is because I I like that stepping stone from like that moment where they write that one song and then they just blast off, and you're like, holy shit! Like that's crazy, but it can happen. I mean, what
1: up? on that though like what is um what's your strategy um are you more of like I'll just book the gigs and if people like it they'll come to the gigs or are you you active on social media I, I say that with a downtone cuz I'm trying to navigate that shit storm <laughs> myself and it's very difficult but uh like how do you how do you kind of get get your name out there and and
0: I mean it's a little bit of both I don't I'm not too active on social media on my music accounts um I post like my upcoming shows and stuff like that uh, but I kind of do the bare minimum as far as that goes um, for me it's mostly just about booking shows I want to get in front of as many actual people as I can um, I found that's kind of what's helped me be able to build to this point it's that going out and playing a show and meeting that one person that loves your music and is going to mm-hmm. go tell their buddy that owns this bar or knows this person how awesome you are and you know Um, so that's kind of my main, uh, my main focus right now is just playing as many different rooms as I can and getting my music out to as many people as I can.
1: Awesome. You got a single out.
0: I do have a single out.
1: When did that drop originally?
0: Um, that would be, what was it? May of last year, I think.
1: Okay. It's called, uh, when you go. When you go. Okay. Tell us about that. How did that come into existence?
0: I wrote it. Gosh, I wrote it probably like eight years ago. I don't really remember. I sat down with a guitar. And was like, oh, this sounds kinda cool. I'm gonna make it a song. Um, and that was that. And then when we started working on the EP, um, I knew I wanted to record it and it I don't know how it came to be the first single. Like, I'm not sure how that happened. I think it was just like almost a process of elimination. Like, well, I don't wanna release this one first, and I don't wanna release this one first, and this is what we're left with. Um so it's kind of I don't know. It was just kind of like a random thing. <laughs> huh?
1: Well, it, any motivation for it, or was it just kind of pop out?
0: It just kind of happened. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I wish I could have that happen to me one time with a song. Just, and there it is. But, oh, damn it. <laughs> I
0: don't know. I guess,
1: do we want to play that, or do we not have the file, or how's this, how are we going to do this?
0: I don't know. I don't. We've not discussed. This, okay.
1: So.
2: Yeah. That's why I was asking if you wanted to play any of your music. Well,
0: you know? I mean, I don't c- care. Too, we can but...
1: edit it in if we want to. Okay. If not, that's fine too. Whatever <laughs> you don't, don't want know. to hear, yeah, it not matter.
2: Hey. Sure. She's, She's like gig. that's what at the beginning I asked her if she wanted to play some music. She's like no. Okay. Know. So hey. if you don't want to play your music on the show, I'm not going to make it. We've that's-
1: had we've had the entire spectrum, man. We've had guys come. In. The funniest one was a uh, shout out to Vegas and the guys in the Oklahoma City punk rock scene. Uh, but I saw his YouTube stuff and he's, he's just this wild guy screaming in a mic jamming and all this craziness. I'm like, oh, this'll be fun. Dude gets in here and freezes
2: in front of my, like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's he's, he's like, he's like, I am, I'm in a lot of bands. <laughs> um, Super shy. It's like, like my favorite, yeah. my favorite band is, uh. His, his blood rush i'm like, like I, uh, I had no idea it's a good band judging like,
1: off of like, his performance like, i was like okay this, buddy this dude be cool. off the walls <laughs> no, he's super quiet shy reserved polite <laughs> and uh then you know we've had other bands that come in and like last time they wanted to they're like we're just gonna bring the whole house what does that mean drums speakers all the shit <laughs> i'm like okay
2: well, then we had another. Well, then we had another band email us, and uh, the, this other band it said uh, in the email, "We want to come on your show, and we want to perform for you guys." And I'm thinking, like, oh, man, Brad, you're going to have to get a fucking studio or well, something because, like that, because that living room that's is not going to take it. It's not going to take it. Like, you're going to end up damaging walls your will living start room. cracking. Yeah,
1: that's definitely in the. Uh in the plans of this, this keeps going because yeah, we can't we can't be setting up drums in the living room like that a week after week. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, where are we going from here on out, Nikki? Twenty twenty two, you got anything? I know we got uh, some tour dates we're going to announce this month, but uh, anything uh, in the foreseeable future, or at least um, I mean, ambitious is, plans.
0: Life is pretty chaotic right now. I'm about to start my second semester of college, so that's exciting where are you going acm at uco okay yeah so music business nice it's handy yeah <laughs>
1: that's a good school they got it's, up there for that too
0: it's awesome yeah. i honestly like i love it i love college way more than i feel like i'm not supposed to like it that much <laughs> but it's been great so far Well,
2: if any of the students there need an internship to uh start a company with me then uh i'm right here we can pay uh- <laughs> in weed <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like I'm like I can I can, I can't pay you in cash because I'm a broke man. But have hey, I weed. can write I can write a little paper that say that you came to my company and worked for me <laughs> for your little practicum or whatever you gotta do for school. So
0: Oh that's great.
2: <laughs> and we got tons of weed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, so school, um gonna be playing lots of shows, I'm sure. Hopefully you get that EP out. <laughs>
1: um, well, I mean, <laughs> I know you said there's no specific release date on that, but um are you just kind of recording as the ideas come?
0: Everything's been... So, like, everything was written before we started recording. Okay. Um, right now, it's just a matter of, like, need some lead guitar to be tracked and then being mixed. So it's, like, we're right there. It's so close to being done. But I just don't want to uh, really push it too hard until I have a date. Because I originally had planned on it being out by the end of last year. Yeah. Those plans fell through, and I'm like, eh, I'll just hold off on the planning for a minute and see well, what happens.
1: <clears throat> One thing I've noticed, too, is, is, especially since COVID hit, is a lot of bands have changed their entire marketing scheme, how they release music. Um, there's a band in uh, California we're fans of, and they went away from the album cycle completely. It's just singles, and then when they have a collection of those singles enough, they'll release the EP, and they, they'll back that up or whatever. And it's to me that it doesn't sound new. That's kind of how they did it back in the '60s with the, with the the '45s and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a new uh, format of doing it all online and whatnot. <clears throat> so is that kind of are, are you looking to do the whole album at once? Or are you gonna like tease with uh, singles or?
0: So with the EP, it's six songs. We've got one out already. Um, I do want to release at least one more single um, and then I'll probably just release the full EP just because I'm ready to like, I'm just, it's been so long waiting to get it done and I'm just ready to record and release something else. I've written so many songs since then um, that I'm just, I'm eager to get on to the next thing. So I'll probably release it all at once for that reason. After that, I don't know if I'll record another EP or another album. Um, Just singles does kind of seem to be like where the industry is heading. Um, just cause it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to spend two years recording an album. Yeah. I mean like the way the internet is set up, <laughs>
1: Dear Bob, there, you're buried in that amount of time. <laughs> there
0: was a point in time where like, you know, albums made sense and now it's just like, it, it's makes more sense to just be constantly releasing singles. Um, especially since most people aren't going out and buying albums anyways, they're streaming it all on Spotify. They're downloading it. Um, so, for me, I want to release this EP, and I don't really know if there will be another one in the near future after that. I think it'll probably just be singles, <laughs> at least for a while. Hey,
1: you know, and that seems just kind of be how it is, you know? It's kind of one of those old, if you can't beat them, join them kind of things. If that's how it's being marketed and that's the most success, then that's what that's how people are consuming it. So
0: Yeah, and then I do have, like, songs, just because I have been writing so long that, like, the ep that we recorded it's i picked those six songs because i feel like they go together like they tell a story when you put them all together um and i do have other like kind of collections of songs that are like that so i could change my mind at some point and be like no i want to record these songs all together it's going to be an album but right now it's not in my plans
1: well i mean and it seems like there's really no right an- or wrong answer whatever um, works works most i mean you can look at bands across the whole board and each one has varying success with whatever they're doing, but each one of them is doing something different. Yeah. You know, that whole formula, like late 90s, early 2000s, is just not, it's just not there anymore. I mean, I'd say there is a formula, but it's not the same as it was, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the change has to do with the fact that like, just the opportunities like as much as i hate social media it gives me so much anxiety like it really does like the internet social media youtube all that stuff has opened up a lot of opportunities for independent artists um and it doesn't make sense as an independent artist to finance a whole album um it just doesn't like it's not practical oh it's
1: outrageous <laughs> yeah, studio when, time if you want a professional studio is out to this day is outrageous it's not like the cost of that went down
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like a little more affordable but not much like, i
1: mean but you can do it the equipment you can do it from your home or whatever and you can do well mm-hmm. but it's still not a it's, it's not a professional not quality yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah I know what you're saying, but it, and that can be super frustrating too. Because if you have a a song, you know it's a corker. This is a good tune.
0: Wish I had a couple uh, grand to go. Uh... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? <laughs> yep.
1: <laughs> well, um, I guess we'll keep our eyes out for you this this year, uh, everybody. She's got a. Move that light. She's got a gig coming up at Native Spirits Winery in Norman, Oklahoma. January 21st, that's a Friday, right? That is a Friday. That is a Friday, because I think the next day we're going to... This month is insane. we got so many gigs. But, hey, I'll try to make it out there to you, (laughs) since I'm in town here. It'll be nice. Uh, And also at uh, the next day, uh, Bell Star Saloon, January 22nd in Purcell, Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. any commentary on those i don't really i kind of drove
2: blank uh, there for a second no, they should be
0: fun <laughs> uh, bell star saloon that's actually going to be a nikki and cody show so i'll have okay. my other half with me for that um and you guys
2: do like the uh, karaoke stuff is that what i read not karaoke no? oh it's not karaoke.
0: we do like acoustic covers of like top 40 hits basically but oh, okay. we kind of reinterpret them oh okay. we call it coffee House. i saw
2: something like that that was like it was talking about like and maybe it was something that was with that night too, or something. But it it, it said something about karaoke. Yeah, but, no, we don't. But do I didn't know if it was like just random people coming up. If you just like do like the, uh, like oh, you yeah. know, you know, because some people they do that as like a side thing where they have like the karaoke set up equipment and mm-hmm. have people come sing. But we'll be uh, we'll be like hooked on a TV show, and then we'll just kind of like have like a song from that stuck in our heads, uh, and then just kind of come up with like our own kind of version of it like with Supernatural we started doing Carry On My Wayward Son and came up with a version you know and.
0: but it's like really slowed down and ruined for anyone that actually yeah. like loves that song <laughs> and it's we're gonna take all your favorite songs yeah. and we're gonna ruin them that's what Nikki and Cody do but it seems to really work people are really into it so it's fine yeah. so maybe, maybe really that like should be a disclaimer before you before you get going
1: <laughs> kind of prime everybody's mind like okay this is what we're doing okay yeah anyway, the, the, the <laughs> Responsible, be strong. You start fucking with "Carry On My Wayward Son," you get some.
0: Nobody's hard like
2: hardcore, man. I was
0: gonna say nobody's like throwing a bottle at us yet or anything. <laughs> like it's all been love for it so far. So I've,
2: I've, I've seen major artists get bottles and cans and stuff thrown out on that Live Nation. So like that—that's pretty funny, actually. Man, <laughs> it does not I, sound like a
0: good time. I feel like it's not a great time for the artist, but you know.
1: Well, especially when when you're up there you can't see that shit coming at you the lights on the the, no way man
0: i cannot imagine
1: i'd be just as pissed off as i don't know all of them are when they get
2: hit with a bottle most of them most (laughs) that's why they don't don't give them them bottles that's why they don't give them (laughs) bottles in venues no more they give them like those little either aluminum bud lights or the uh or the cups like plastic cups which are a pain in the ass to clean up but
0: they don't hurt as bad when you get hit with them yeah you, know?
2: you just get covered in liquid that's... well guys um max
1: <laughs> oh, poor guy so did he have something to add <laughs> I guess so uh guys thank you for coming in today um We've been trying to get uh, more female artists on, and, and Megan Marlene and definitely gave us a list of, of people. I'm glad you were able to make it in. Yeah. And uh, we'll keep our eyes out for you, and we will promote your shows coming up. Hopefully, we can get some more asses and seats for you.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Right.
2: Jonathan, take us out, buddy. All right. The uh, Local Ear podcast runs on the value-for-value value system that is time, talent, and treasure. We value everybody's time for listening. As for talent, if you are an artist and you want to come on the show and Talk about music, uh, maybe play some music or uh, have us play some music, Uh, then, um, you know, just hit me up. It's at john at the local earshot.com. And if you want to donate to the show, give a little bit of your treasure, then you can go to the local earshot.com slash donate. Uh, We take crypto and we take cash app and we also take Bitmo. So, So, yeah, thank you for listening.
1: Love you guys. We'll see you.